We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. And, folks, we have finally made it back to Ted Lasso season. It's been almost a year and a half. Maybe it has been a year and a half. I don't know. Should have done that math before I started recording this. But uh, regardless, we've made it back. Great episode today. Kind of a, a great way to kick off this season. We are doing an episode draft of the previous two seasons. It's me, Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, Michael Jr. all returning to the pod. Uh, snake draft, picking our favorites, gets testy, folks. It gets testy. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, you know, one, one of my favorites got snatched right under my nose. It hurt, but it was a fun episode. Big thanks to them for uh, for stopping by. It's a long one, so I, I won't try to make this a, a very long intro. But before we get into it, I want to shout out. We have some new patrons. Shout out Kristen Phillip, Hamilton B. Ergler, a.k.a. the Hamburglar, and Carl. These three new patrons who have chosen to support the show Got us over the first goal that I ever I ever put on the Patreon when I started the page. First goal of thirty. At thirty, my the the goal incentive or what have you was to start doing a monthly movie live watch with the Patreon. That goal is now going to happen in April. We're going to do the first one. I'm not sure what movie. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do it, but it is happening. Thanks to these patrons. Thanks to everyone who has supported, including our producer-level Big Chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Trees, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zacharis, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBeau, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash bigscreensports. You get to vote on movies for the show to cover. There's a poll up for April. Now, during the Ted Lasso season, we're going to be doing Ted Lasso recaps. That is going to be most of the weekly episodes. We will get in one to two movies a month as well, um, and, and patrons will pick those. They'll also have a chance to participate in some Ted Lasso mailbags. Uh, you get schedule updates. You get ad-free episodes. You usually get early episodes. The Ted Lasso episodes will not be going up early because they will be going up the same day the show drops. So 
don't want to don't want to send up spoilers because we will no longer get the uh, the screeners if we do that. So that's what the next 12 weeks or so looks like. A uh, lot of movies, or some movies, a lot of Ted Lasso. Uh, hopefully something for everybody. Um, also, last thing, if you are a listener to the show, maybe this is your first episode, maybe this is your 200th episode. We do have a lot of episodes. Uh, there is a link in the show notes to a brief listener survey. Help me help you. Help me make this show better. I uh, would be very, very appreciative if you could take, you know, five-ish minutes max, fill that out for me. That would be awesome. Thank you very much. With that, let's get to the Ted Lasso episode draft with me, Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, and Michael Jr. All right, returning to the show for a very special episode of Big Screen Sports, kicking off Ted Lasso season three. It is my co-host, Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, Michael Jr. Folks, how are we doing tonight? I am I am so excited. We have been waiting to to do some Ted Lasso season three content for many moons. It has been a long time. Alex, you would probably know when when did the last episode of season two premiere? October eighth. Well, that's very specific. Twenty twenty one. And I remember this because it's been a while. This will be the first season that doesn't end the week of my birthday. So season one ended October 2nd. And that one, I believe, ended October 8th. But I, it was definitely that week. I could be wrong. But we've How waited a long that? time. Long time. Long, long time. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, let's let's do our plugs. Mike, what you got going on? How's Gojo show? Uh, going pretty well. Gearing up for the March Madness run here. We're going to have some fun things coming up uh for the tournament coverage for uh men's and women's action so at gojo show on twitter uh download subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast and check out the youtube page if you're feeling froggy DraftKings, and then the gojo channel under that alex caroline how is the content it's being it's nurtured so plentiful <laughs> a bounty it's a bountiful harvest it's content. a cornucopia of content we are gearing up, obviously, for Ted Lasso. We're gearing up for Oscars. Caroline has um, taken the reins over all of our pop culture content for the win, which is so Ooh. exciting because now we've just got tons of stuff. Plus, there's sports. Like, I guess basketball is important in March or whatever. <laughs> so, I think I heard something's happening next week. There's like, there's like a madness going on or something. But no, we're having. No, that's a... just the last of us. It's a whole different. <laughs> oh, sweet Christ. com. <laughs> gonna make mike start crying by mentioning the last of us (laughs) and college baseball started so that's good news everybody yes i love college baseball and i have for almost a year (laughs) 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 alex and her beloved defending national champions i have a signed baseball bat like right above my head because i am a hardcore college baseball fan love those jealous go (laughs) revs thank you baseball is life <laughs> True. So, no reason to really beat around the bush here. Uh, what we are doing tonight, and I will, I will credit my lovely wife Jacqueline for for thinking of this idea. Is we are doing a Ted Lasso episode draft. Woo! We Ted Lasso has released twenty two episodes, so the four of us will be drafting five episodes each because that's how math works, allegedly. <laughs> and and we will. I, I haven't even decided what we're going to do with it. Will we put it, will we make like a Twitter poll to see who wins? Will we just holster this? Will I forget to do anything with it? We're putting it on for the win. 
Yeah, Perfect. we really are. We may, we may have like talked about that today. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do content. it. So, so here's the thing with any draft, you there needs to be an order. So, as uh, podcasting is a visual medium for folks listening, because I am the last <laughs> podcast that does not do anything with the video, I have gone to a an expert website called wheelofnames.com and I have put our names in. And we will be spinning the wheel to determine pick order. Now, do you guys want to do the person whose name comes up first to be the last pick? Like, should we do it in descending order or should we do it in, in ascending order? I think you gotta let the wheel decide. Just normal, yeah, normal order. Yeah, like, first name goes order, first. Yeah. yeah. Second name goes second. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, so the wheel's gonna spin. I did a practice round. The wheel's gonna spin. <laughs> And it it will like announce who won and it will do like a confetti thing for like Ooh. who wins. So oh, I guess yeah. that person will go first and then we'll do another spin for second and and third and fourth and so on. Okay. All right. So let's, let's, how do I spin this wheel? <laughs> there we go. Spinning. <laughs> is that it? Is that Caroline? Oh. <laughs> it's just lagging. Oh, it's just lagging. Well, I've got good got news. So excited. Can you guys see that? Is it? I can see me. Is it me or is it delayed? <laughs> that was that was great because it was lagging okay. for you guys, but I saw it like as it happened because it's on my computer, so I, I knew beforehand. Okay, so Alex is picking first. Let's remove. <laughs> I didn't plan on getting picked first, so I gotta like adjust in my head a little bit. Okay, oh, okay. Let let's hit that? the wheel again what is for cool? second pick. Drama. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no! It's the lagging that's amazing. <laughs> I know again. I don't know. This is great. You guys waiting? <laughs> Let's go! Let's Wally. go! Mike Gulick Jr. I am fucking him. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh. Okay. All right, this is good. This is a, actually this is a huge spin here because in a snake draft, this is a big spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Caroline spot. has already threatened to rage quit if she doesn't get the episode. <laughs> okay, spinning the wheel one more time. Hope you guys enjoy the lag. <laughs> if you hear a recorder oh in the background, Jack has like a musical coming up in a few weeks. Well, we need him to practice. Oh, yes. <laughs> Jack's practicing some recorder. Got some boost oh. joy. Oh, wow, man. Okay. <laughs> okay interesting okay interesting. so right. i'm gonna stop sharing my screen and hopefully stop lagging like a motherfucker um okay so our draft order is alex is going first mike is going second caroline is going third and i am going fourth i am in the swing spot how do we feel about that folks it's a lot of pressure i feel great i feel great fired up ready to go I designed this in a way of recovery. It was a recovery draft on my part. It was like, okay, I'm probably going to be next to last or last. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? So now it's like, all right. They, I, I've got a lot of stress over these these first two picks. Just got to see. I got to see. Can I go? Can I? So go? before. Oh, do we need to lay out? Lay, yeah, lay out. So, else? yeah, I, I guess so. we're. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I really don't think so. I think this is, this is pretty straightforward. <laughs> Alex, how, how did you come up with your big board? Um... Okay. <laughs> without I, giving away your picks i'm a okay i do love binging and re-binging shows i really do but with lasso because of how much it meant to me i am big on like if i'm in a certain mood i'm going for a certain episode or two right mm. 
I I don't know if it's I would have to go back and see if it's like scientifically accurate. I truly went with the ones I watched the most in descending order. Okay. I like that. So I like that. Um production note, I will be uh I will be doing the the draft board on the Google Doc as we go. There will be a lot of okay. clicking and typing in the background. I'm not going to edit it out, folks. I don't care. Just just deal with it. I have a very clicky mouse. So <laughs> with that being said, on the clock. Oh, draft chimes. It's the only time oh, I'm God. doing that. No pressure. I love it. Uh, my turn. It is your Third turn. Minute. Season one finale, The Hope That Kills. Oh, God. Wow. Damn it. Damn it. Great pick, Alex. Great pick. It's Betsy going with a premiere of finale, but like that's the one. And it did, especially like the end. And, you know, and the, the, what am I, why can't I do words right now? (laughs) I can have you overcome with emotion. I'm like, you know how the show just feels so good when you're watching (laughs) The show feels so good when it hits your lips. It's the Chris Farley sketch again. <laughs> Remember when you did that episode? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, what am I, the last song, why can't I think of the name of it? Oh, You Never Walk Alone. You Never yeah. Walk, Walk alone. alone, yes. What Marcus Mumford does it slowly and I cry every time. No, no, I don't. It's Man, beautiful. Big series for Mumford and Sons revival oh, yeah. too. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Brittany Howard also does a gorgeous version of this. I just... Okay, so back to this sounds so stupid. Okay, so it premiered on October second, twenty twenty. It is COVID year. It is my son's birthday's on the third. I've said this a lot on the podcast because it matters. My son's birthday's on the third, and mine's on the fifth. And we were like getting ready for his birthday and everything. And I wake up really early in the morning to watch my shows because I don't want spoilers. So I'm up at like four a.m. on Friday, on October second, and I'm watching this. And you get to the end. And he gets to the part, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch a lot of stuff, so forgive me because I know my my details are shaky. But when what was it, the lasso special? Yes, and you're just a like move. you're like, oh my god, they're gonna win, they're gonna win. Like you're just ready for it, and they don't. I just sobbed the whole time. It affected me so profoundly, and I already had loved the show. I was already squawking on Twitter for weeks about it. I had bullied <laughs> most true. of my friends yeah. into true. watching it, but that and just that week and like it was you know we were isolated you're trying to find some joy in life and like this should have been the joy and it wasn't because they lost but then you're like oh but it is though okay sorry i should have come up with a better explanation i should have jotted down some notes but well it's one of the few times that they actually show a lot of soccer action yeah um and it avoided the cliche of like every sports show or movie in which the team that you are centered around wins the big thing and avoids the loss that would blah 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 but you still get the uh to steal from kyle the big chill moment where it works where they come together as a team they do everything that they're supposed to do um and then the beauty of it is the reason they lose is because jamie wins because jamie takes the lessons it's just alex made those wonderful pick you did a great job that episode also has the the moment where roy roy's career ends and roy walks off the pitch and keely comes and sees him in the locker room and that that distraught look on his face and it is just wonderful which caroline brought up the last of us that's going on right now very strong parallels to male figures fearing their mortality rejecting the care of the woman in their life currently the most not to spoil too much but 
The Last of Us is Joel constantly rejecting help from Ellie, trying to push away these people that become home for them. I remember, I think it was Spencer was on your podcast yes. when that episode came out, and he mm -hmm. talked about how the locker room is the safe space for an athlete, and that place is being ripped away from him in the way he knows, and now Keeley has become his safe space, and I was so struck when Spencer said that, so great mm -hmm. pick. M masterful Spencer performance on that episode. The man had no <laughs> notes in front of him. No notes. <laughs> like, that sounds right. Yeah. Son, yeah. That son of a bitch. Of course he had no notes. He's excellent Fucker. at all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, incredible stuff. Dove deep on the the toy soldier that that uh, that Ted gives Jamie. Just perfection. So good. All right, uh, picking second, Michael Jr. So this pick is caked in recency bias. I knew it, I had it. I had two ranked up at the top. And I had one that I had circled the entire time. And I made the mistake of rewatching this last one just to check it out right before this. And the way it made my chest feel, I cannot in good conscience, let it go. I am going no weddings and a funeral. Oh, <laughs> I, and Carol, Caroline, Caroline, I know exactly what episode you're going to take. It was the other episode I was thinking about taking, but <laughs> This episode, Mike, I love you. You're the best. <laughs> it just this episode means so much. It's parents and children. It's everyone fleshing out the issues that have been there for so long. And obviously, the side by sides of Ted working through and talking with Sharon about his father's suicide and how that affected him. Said, you know, I mean, literally seconds apart, him saying, "I wish my I had told my dad more that he was doing a good job and I loved him." As you have Rebecca telling her mother that she hates her for not being as strong as she is, and that confrontation at a funeral, all of that symmetry, and then I, I don't know for me the subplot of Keeley grappling with mortality at a funeral and Roy kind of struggling with how to it just hit a lot of really good notes in one episode and I love it very dearly. Also, I, I wrote this down. Sassy's first conversation with Rupert at that funeral uh, is up for fantastic. my favorite moment of any person in this series. I think about your death every day <laughs> and I will wear red to your funeral to be a beacon of light for the three people there eat shit and die Rupert is she anything fantastic. you would ever want a friend to say to the most hated person in your life she has some of the most efficient time in the show like every single second that sassy is on the show she's crushing it she, she comes on the floor and sh and and knocks out like four threes yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. I highly recommend Caroline sent this to me. I'd never seen it before. If you just search what's her name in real life? I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. What's, oh. Um, if you just search her and BBC and women, you will get the most wonderful monologue about like breaking news. Women everywhere are telling you to fuck off. <laughs> we like, just don't give a shit. We anymore. just do not give a fuck. Like, it's incredible. Ellie Taylor. Ellie yes. Taylor. Google it. Google Ellie Taylor Women BBC. You'll find it. It's excellent. Yeah. Fantastic episode. Fantastic. Great, great choice. Uh, Caroline, you celebrated when, when Mike made that episode. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Thank you. Your time. Um, with the third pick in the draft. This is the easiest choice. Thank you, both of you. Both actually, your two picks were the next two episodes on my list in my tier one. Um, but this is the biggest no-brainer for you ever. Make Rebecca great again. It is one of my favorite. Oh, no. oh. It is one of my absolute <laughs> favorite episodes of television. Not like 
in the last 10 years for a comedy. Like it is one of my absolute favorite episodes of television. Every single time I watch it, I laugh hysterically. I cry hysterically. It's just the beautiful, um, actually the song um, Strange was the last, was the number one song on, my, on Spotify for the that year. I think it was the 2021 playlist. Yes. Um, and it just from it's this one of the show is so great it's like all the little moments and it's the showing how ted's dealing with the fallout for or signing the papers from divorce he's balancing all these things it's got the introduction of sassy it's got rebecca kind of coming to the point of realizing that she can't blame everything on rupert that she made choices in the like how she dealt with the relationship and pushing friends away wasn't all his fault etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you've got um Roy singing along the words to uh let it go which is one of my favorite <laughs> things in the world um to Keely doing the you know the great Asian art of karaoke and so and well I mean I would watch two hours of just them doing karaoke so oh, yeah um this is by far my favorite episode of a, of a series that I really really truly enjoy every episode and so that um Thank you for making this possible, you guys. <laughs> Alex, were you surprised? Is that one not what you thought I was taking? I wasn't surprised. I was just devastated. Because yeah, I thought I Alex was, was really... taking that one one. I did too. I did too. But I had at the end of the day, I was like, I don't want someone taking the finale before me. Do you remember <laughs> that episode? That was of our podcast. Yes. That was a big yeah. deal. Yes. I can't remember if we had a guest on for that episode. But I can't. I should probably pull like... that up. But you, you, so you went Vontae Mack no matter what with your first pick then. <laughs> <laughs> so strange okay so i love saint paul and the broken bones i don't know if you guys ever listened but wonderful band from birmingham alabama they're nationally known but i just love them and the lead singer is paul janaway um i think i'm pronouncing that correctly and if you search i'm just giving y'all so much stuff to google <laughs> so if much you, homework <laughs> if you search like paul janaway spelled jane way um of saint paul and the broken bones and strange he does this gorgeous version that I talked about on that podcast. So like not long before I left Birmingham, maybe a month, I was out at this bar and he was there and I walked up to him. It was a, again, it was a very Chris Farley moment. And I was like, Hey, and I showed him the YouTube video. I was like, remember this? <laughs> this was incredible. And he's like, yeah, man, Ted Lasso is awesome. Isn't it? I'm like, yes, Ted Lasso is awesome. And that's how that ended. I love that. I'm very cool person. Pure interaction. Beautiful. I know. I know. But no, that is that. Wait, is that the same episode or is that a different episode? What? Strange? Strange. Isn't that from. Oh. No, it's after. So it's when he leaves and he's signing the papers. Yep. Okay. What's the one that plays when he and what's her face? The wife. That's terrible. When, when they're standing outside and it's raining. What's that? Um. I don't remember, but also, yes, I hear yes, it. Yes, good song. Okay. I, I'm the worst with knowing the names of the musical cues, but like I can hum them. Unless it's Kate Bush. Unless it's Kate Bush, <laughs> no. the greatest needle drop of all time, cloud busting in Palm Springs. We all we all know this. Um, oh, I love this episode so much. Yeah, oh. so you good. are correct to that, though. And I don't, I'm not going to waste any more time. The last thing I will say, what I think is so big about this episode is like, it is very easy to look at people in life and say, oh my God, they have everything going for them. How could they ever give somebody the time of day who does not care about them? Let me tell you folks, firsthand, it is easier than you think to let someone destroy you from the inside out. And that episode was truly her remembering what was great about her. Yes. And it's beautiful. And 
unrelated to that. That is very accurate. It is beautiful watching her grow into like deal with this moment that she's so devastated about and grow from it and realize that that is not what defines her anymore. And but there's also the moment where the um guy at the front desk is on the phone and he just goes, I don't know, could try flushing it harder. (laughs) 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 Um, And they're flirting in line where she's like, I don't know. I saw the Marlboro Marlboro man in line and thought I'd see see what he was up to. Perfect. It's also the team watching uh, Iron Giant, which is good. Yes. Oh, he's like in 74 minutes, there's going to be a room full of crying men (laughs) and beard goes in. I'm going to be one of them. So Love with it. those first three picks, all good three picks, I was hoping for a reason to use the sound clip of of Mina Kimes finding out that Shohei Otani signed with the uh, with the Angels and not the Mariners, just the loud no. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we we didn't get there actually because some of my my favorites are still on the board. So I have two picks right here. I have three episodes I want. So I'm trying to decide, do I pick my absolute two favorites and try to float one down to my next pick, which would be a long time after that. Um, Man, we're, we're making... Wait, some- is it a snake draft or is yeah, it... Yeah, we're snake drafting. We're snake draft. Okay, snake. all right. All right so, cool. uh, yeah, again, draft with no parameters laid out beforehand. So we're, <laughs> we're just... <laughs> Winging it! We're, we're, snake, <laughs> we're snaking it once I got the fourth pick, that's for sure. Fuck you up, fam! <laughs> Um, so actually, okay. So here, so the, the episode make Rebecca great again on the podcast. I look, I pulled them up now. It was just me and Alex for that one. And it was the second longest episode that we've done of the Ted Lasso episodes. <laughs> we went an hour and 17 minutes on a 30, like a 38 minute TV show, which is pretty impressive. What date was that? When did we do that though? What was the date on that? Just as June, 2021. Oh, I was going to say I was going through it at the time, but no, I was, I was okay. I thought I could blame it on a broken heart, but like I was, was kind of right. So the episode <laughs> I am going to take is actually the longest episode we've ever done on Ted Lasso. Uh, we did one minute or one hour and 22 minutes uh, the week after this. And I am taking the diamond dogs. The episode that gave oh, us the episode mm, that it. gave us barbecue sauce. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. the the first mounting up of the Diamond Dogs uh, beards grow up and get over it line. Uh, but I mean, the the barbecue sauce speech just carries this. I mean, big chill moment times 100 and just incredible yeah. stuff. No notes. Plus all the Milk Sisters puns, which are a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, yes. curious, not judgmental. <laughs> they've expired. <laughs> yeah, they've expired. <laughs> it's not my breast work. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so god! I need to put that. The, also, the pr- the Proud Boys joke went very underrated <laughs> in that when they're trying to name themselves. And yeah. Nate throws up. Oh, because we do. We still have the literal hangover from the night out in Liverpool. Yes. <laughs> so good. Incredible. Yeah. Not sure Excellent. if you guys can wow, hear, nice but job. it's it's nice and rainy now. So that back to back times when the the four of us have gotten together, I'm dealing with some weather. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm standing by. <laughs> if power goes out. I'll send a draft board. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the only other thing I'll say about this episode that I had written down was because at the end, this is when Keely confronts Rebecca about the pictures that she was getting ready to run. And a lot of things all happen at once. And I was like, oh, Rebecca's world's all coming crashing down. It's the Rebeckoning. <laughs> I love it. So. Mike. <laughs> Forced but necessary. Mike. <laughs> <That was> the- <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Great Scott. What have we done? What have we done? <laughs> okay. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Th- this is tough for me. Um, man, I'm looking at my board. I've got I've got two first rounders still still on the board. Although I did do five first rounders in the first round of four picks. Um, oh man. Okay, I am going to take. This episode just makes me smile. Makes me feel good. Has so many of my favorite moments. Might have my favorite. Hate you. Might have my favorite moment. I I don't think I don't think this is you think this is where I'm going. Uh, I think my favorite moment of the show. Favorite sequence. Is Roy walking off the Sky Sports set? Uh, yes, that's what I was thinking. Going, heading, heading to Damn Nelson it. Road, walking on the Fuck. field. She, she's a rainbow. Starts playing. Crowd starts chanting. Delete. I am going with Rainbow. Season. How two, did you not four. think that's what I was thinking? What else did I be thinking? You're, you're not gonna believe this. You're not gonna believe Third this. Third on my list. I know. Alex wanted the rom com episode. That I mean. No. That and and not only that, like even if it didn't have the ending, the part where they meet up with Roy at the pitch where he grew up at, like you see that building? Yeah. That's where I grew up. This is where you know. Isaac playing soccer, like all the rom-com puns, the, the trip to the, the shop to Roy's church is just, I mean, I love that episode. I think that is the episode I've rewatched the most. And the Roy moment walking out onto the pitch is something I watch on YouTube when I just need to feel feelings. Can I also just tell you like a little crossover moment for this song? Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all are big SNL fans, like in terms of like still steadily watch it today. Cause I totally understand why you wouldn't. And I'm on and off, honestly. But when Kristen Wiig left the show, and I think I brought this up in the Rainbow episode, they played, the Rolling Stones there, and they played She's a Rainbow. I believe they were there, yes. And all the men on the cast danced with her. And most of it was very goofy. It was like Andy Samberg was like going, okay, everybody Google it. (laughs) Google all my suggestions. Watch when Jason walks up and dances with her. I'm just saying (laughs) <laughs> something mm. happened that's all i'm saying Just jason saying. if you're listening i'm joking but it's a very like and i'm seriously like I, they were very close friends same with bill Hader, honestly and like she does all these goofy dances with people and then with jason it's like this very close intimate they meant something to each other dance and i just i don't know i just wanted to add that <laughs> this episode that mike episode was too. actually on on the pod with us to cover this one looking at it yeah yeah i i i remember that one because i this is and i text you guys this before like i have strong feelings about the episodes where they dive into the player psyche like when we learn about jamie's background and when we learn about roy's background and that but more than anything like that call of being a part of something and you even see it in later this isn't a tip because i forget what i mean one of the next (laughs) episodes but it's when Roy's coaching, you see the difference. Like Nate is a very talented coach as a tactician, but Roy knows this. Mm -hmm. Like Roy's criticisms and the things that he offers are those little things that you can only get with the level of familiarity he's had for a long time. And that level, I was talking about this with someone the other day 
there's just no substitute for putting your hand in the pile and feeling like you're a part of the thing versus just being around it and talking about it. So I, that, I remember that episode struck a big chord. That's part of when he leaves the Sky Sports set, when he has that that realization, like we're not in the locker rooms with them. We're not you know, telling them that they can be better than they ever thought they could be. Like that, that whole thing that, emo- I mean, Brett Goldstein's finest acting, I think in that, in, in that scene just love it love it so much um okay caroline back around oh. to you i am so torn right now <laughs> um i think uh, i'm gonna go finale i'm gonna go season two finale oh. burning the pyramid of success i uh, and it's weird i'm the only reason i'm like super hesitant on this is because i did not get to that in my rewatch and so like part of me is like am i building it up so much in my head that it's like um but it's just such a uh, no i like it it's it's an important episode and it makes me cry every time and um i'm already well now i'm like oh did i make the right choice because <laughs> there's one other that i don't know maybe you guys won't take it it'll come back to me and i'll be okay um but it's just it's closing out or maybe closing out we don't know but like closing out the story with with sharon and like they the, i just absolutely love the moment in the bar where they do the like they both kind of fake each other out where she tries to leave the note he won't let her leave like that sort of thing and so with the um army man and the drink and then i also love the, the bard may is like do you want me to get you one without shit in it <laughs> she's like oh yeah that'd be great thanks um and you see the whole setup for the nate stuff for next season you see the whole nate stuff come to a head like all of these things that the whole season been building up to and you kind of wonder um i will never forget that scene we come back in and the believe sign is ripped up on the desk and it just is like devastating i was ready to like punch nick muhammad in the throat (laughs) i'm like it's not even fair because it's not him but now I see I follow him on Twitter and like every time he tweets I'm like you son of a bitch I'm like oh no it's not him he's my I remember when he was tweeting dirt like explaining his character (laughs) during that season and I'm like trying to enjoy this explanation while simultaneously (laughs) creating a shiv ready to kill him making it like a voodoo doll you're like okay keep keep tweeting yeah yeah, yeah. Keep talking that shit boy (laughs) especially (laughs) because right before that is when the team when isaac their their hands in the middle they're about to say richmond and isaac instead parts the c goes up taps the believe sign they all the players do it it is like the culmination of the the ted team chemistry the 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 ted lasso philosophy is there and then nate nate is just off the bus and i remember thinking at the time like this Nate stuff doesn't make any sense. Like, where did this come from? This is wild. And then if you do a rewatch all the way through season Mm -hmm. one, the subtle, like little things where it's not even necessarily some of the things that Ted, where Ted will do something. And you're like, like he let where he said the thing, like, Oh, should a real man talk to him? He's like, yeah, we'll have like, he's like, Oh, you weren't, you weren't kidding. Like, Oh, my fault. I laughed at you. Like some of those things where it's like, that was a little bit harsher than you'd expect from Ted, but he does apologize in the moment, like that kind of thing um where ted does give nate credit for things but then nate that turns into nate thinking it's blame like if this goes wrong when this goes wrong they can easily blame it on me when there hasn't been any like all throughout when they park the bus and um when ted leaves the game um roy immediately she's like oh it's the roy kent effect and he's like that was all nate like they they do such a great job of like sharing 
this the spotlight but nate has you know he's built up and we see the over the season the theme being the fathers and the relationships with the fathers and what his is like and so i think this the finale just does a really really great job of like full circling everything you get danny rojas taking the penalty kick with the sweet little puppy with the helmet on (laughs) watching it um and you also get it shows you mature jamie from where jamie started the Mm -hmm. season because he was on love island (laughs) lust what is it like what is theirs called i think it's lust i think it was actually like lust island yeah Yeah, it's like lust island lust something or love Um, or lust lust conquers all yes (laughs) (laughs) and i still would like to point out that there was a legitimate in real life story that involved a premier league soccer player leaving his team and going to love Island UK. I just would like to point that out. Um, but yes, I loved it. I'm happy with my pick. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Okay. Mike back to you. All right. Um, with the second pick in my draft, I am going to go tan lines. Uh, <laughs> Great yeah. episode. I, I uh, again, you know, it was, it was interesting is going back. I did a rewatch of most of the episodes. Like in season two, I kind of did the ones I was unfamiliar with, but because I not watched back season one in quite some time, I did the whole thing. When I got to that episode, I remember for a long time going, all right, I kind of know what's coming. Like I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be that emotional. And as soon as he walks into the room and she was crying and you start to get that like sinking feeling of dread it just immediately hit. And then I'm back out on that park bench crying with Ted. It was just, <laughs> it was like one of the first episodes in season one was littered with all of them. Like you get, I forget which one it is. The first episode where you see Ted kind of making the hand gestures when he's out on the pitch that will inevitably become the tell for his panic attacks. But this one is the one where kind of like we've said, you realize that everything's not sweet. And this is really him coming face to face with his problems and starting to have to do the work that will eventually become the Sharon stuff in the second season. So can I make a bold statement that you can cut if you want to, I'm not cutting anything unless you tell me I have to. (laughs) And look, I'm going to say this in my review that's coming out March 10th. So this is not a spoiler. Tan lines will become immediately like relevant when in the new season. Mm. And I don't just mean specifically, but I kind of do. But like, I, I don't like listen to our episode. I listen to your episodes that don't have me in them. <laughs> I don't go back and listen to ours. I guarantee you things I said in tan lines that probably one of the big things that I think I've said throughout is like his whole reason for leaving was to save that marriage. Mm-hmm. Where does he go? This was episode five in season one. Yeah. Where does he go from there? You don't just eliminate that. And the writers are too smart to let that go. Like what happens there? And like, I'm just, I'm saying, I mean, this episode does to that point, plant a ton of seeds. I Mm. feel like you get um, May in the bar handing darts to Ted's son, which introduces darts into the Ted Lasso universe for the first time. Therapy is introduced that conversation of the things that he talked about in therapy and couples therapy with his wife that ends up being the resentment he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Roy start Roy starts leading in this episode and it like made me realize early on like the Sam birthday party episode feels a lot more relevant because Ted just sees himself and Sam he sees someone who very much misses home and needs to feel a little bit of that and 
no surprise when Ted's family shows up, they win their game. Like there's that direct, there's a lot of like mirrored images in the show. And that was one of the big ones that showed up early. Yeah. And they have been dropping nuggets too, that Ted in no way intends to be a long-term long distance father. That that is, that is not in the cards for this man, especially with what he went through in his life with his father. And we don't know that yet in this episode. Like we have to remember who we were when we watched these these people, just young babes in the woods. What kind of woman was I? (laughs) Just a sexy babe. (laughs) Just a sexy babe. Just a wee sexy babe. (laughs) And I think like, when you think back on that, like, look at all this stuff we know that we had no clue about when we were just getting into it. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Alex, two picks to you. I knocked out my top five. Oh, thank God. But I love that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Like, I really like that. Um, okay. <laughs> just, I'm just glancing. I want to make sure. I'm, okay, okay. I'm looking at my big board and sweating bullets. Okay. Yes. <laughs> my next pick, I'm going season two, episode eight, Man City. Oh, great episode. Great episode. Great episode. So good. So good. So it's two things for me, obviously the pivotal scene, one of my favorite scenes in the entire series when Roy and Jamie hug locker room, when that understanding just made the same noise at the same time. I know. Like I want to cry and it's that final. And even though we know like they were softening or definitely Roy was softening toward Jamie, you see Jamie's like initial reaction to being abused is like to shut himself down and Roy doesn't let him. Yeah. And for a man who's used to shutting himself down to suddenly be like, I can't let, oh my God. I think it's It's beautiful. If it's not the best scene in the series for me, it's like, it's, it's up there. And then, you know, Ted being in therapy, like I think therapy, like in our society is used as this, obviously for people who don't believe in it, as if it's a belief system, it's literally just taking care of yourself. Um, Like the people who don't think it's very much like coddling and you know, oh, your feelings are fine. Just feel what you want to feel and treat people how you want to treat them. And that's cool because it's your feelings and they're valid. And like, that's not what it is. And I think seeing the struggle that this very nice man, Ted Lasso has to go through to break through it all. And for him to get to that moment where he sees like the pivotal father son thing, like to me, it just, it changes everything. Everything is shifted after this. And so they also, I love the scene where they all like come clean in the locker room before they go out there <laughs> well yeah <laughs> what is it's it? like roy's like i don't read the like scouting sheets you send me was beard <laughs> coached a game on mushrooms and roy like knows which one it is yeah. <laughs> higgins is like i forgot to submit that one thing by the deadline which is why we didn't get that striker oh, that's right. <laughs> It's incredible. It's so yeah, I forgot that Roy knows exactly what game it was that he coached on shrooms. I also love the idea of like grown men and athletes who are professionals and like all this stuff walking into the stadium mm. and having that like geek out moment and the the nod oh. to Hoosiers when he's like, "You'll find it's the same size as our pitch back in Nelson Road," and and Beard's yeah. like, "Nope, it's bigger. It's actually bigger." <laughs> <laughs> Soccer's oh, a made-up game. That's that is. I remember we. That's that's a very real moment when we played. Uh, we played the first game at U- New Yankee Stadium of any football team, and they canceled our Friday walkthrough so we could just walk around and geek out, like walk through Monument yes. Park, ask the locker room attendant whose lockers we all had. We found out that's Tommy cool. Reese had Jeter's locker. Like we we did all the stuff. We were little yes. kids in that game, and they knew it, and they planned to scrap the walkthrough. So it was that it's was cool. Another, it's cool. Like feels. Yeah. Alex, you've got another. 
I think I'm going to calm down after this one. Not that I've knocked out all my favorites, but like, I just wanted to make sure I got this one in. Oh no. Season two, episode four. Oh, the bells. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that that might be where I put the Mina Kimes no sound in. No! No! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I that's... knew I was taking a gamble. I almost took it with my second I mean, uh Yeah, that, that was the one that I was like, is there any chance this floats down to me? And it just. Oh, and I shouldn't have let it go this far, honestly. I might should have grabbed it earlier. But, like, a lot of people hate this episode. They put it on the same level as Beard After Hours, which I do not agree with at all. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a Christmas episode. I have an argument that the people who hated it only hated it because it came out in, like, September. And it didn't come out around Christmas time. So they weren't in the spirit. But, like, what is not to love about this episode? You have Hannah Waddingham singing. You have... Roy going door to door and oh, I can't oh, remember God. her name. I know people like devout listeners are going to kill me for this, but the woman who is the actual in real life mother of the selfie guy, the ussy guy. Oh, the dentist. The dentist. Yes. Oh, the yeah. Phoebe. She's yes, like, it has the Phoebe. It has the Phoebe yeah. thing. The oh. Phoebe thing killing the love actually. And like, it's just, it's got everything that like a British Christmas special would have. I don't know if there are any Doctor Who fans out here. I'm a recent, very recent, um, follower of it um mainly because of matt smith what up but <laughs> like love how british christmas specials are just so like they're what you would call i guess bottle episodes here but um they're so off the wall it doesn't matter who died it doesn't matter who hates each other like we're just all coming together for this one i think it's really great I it's like a beautiful it. episode it's the, the version of last christmas that the street band does is oh. flawless oh, and if God. anyone wants to come for me for last christmas being a kick-ass song not it's even just christmas song. song it's great it's a bop oh. yeah it is now ariana bop. does it i think everyone. i legitimately think that the entire roy keely phoebe breath scene mm -hmm. all of it start to finish like not necessarily well honestly when they go door to door too but the scene where she first says a boy at school was mean to me and roy's like <laughs> asking all the questions who the fuck is bernard <laughs> where does he live and he's just got that serious like he's just saying stuff like who the fuck is bernard and then he's like where does bernard live and she's like you cannot go beat up a child he's like why not and then when he does the um he smells her breath and he says, I think you might be dying. Perfect. Yes. Oh my it's, it's God. It's the funniest Perfect. thing I've ever seen. Like I oh. absolutely lose it. But then when he's talking to them outside the house, whatever, and he does the whole thing where he's like, I poop, I, I dairy and like shouldn't have. And I poop my pants and Keely's like, tell him finish the story he goes it was three weeks ago <laughs> let's both try to be better let's yeah oh. and the kid's like roy kent you pooped your pants and he's like i pooped my pants too <laughs> he's like let's try to be better excellent episode the, it's the i think you might be dying line i forgot about it how funny so that is funniest it's the delivery oh. it's his voice it's the way that he physically acts that scene is the whole the eye the, twitch kills oh. it's, it's, eye twitch. Yeah. Because at first he's like, she's dry heaving. And he's like, oh, do you, don't make sure he feels bad enough. And then he smells it and he backs off straight face. I think he I, might be dying. I don't mean to keep doing like the, the athlete thing either for like those connections <laughs> here. But 
the what you do during the holidays portion of this like so cute i spent every thanksgiving for five years at my buddy braxton's grandma's house because he was from south bend and i have so many memories of like seeing my teammates asked out on the couch like with their hand down their pants asleep during this third you know thanksgiving day game and like holidays are the same like you know we'd be traveling during thanksgiving week bowl season you'd be around there for christmas like those are the moments like we overdo the sports family thing a lot but you replace a lot of really important days and times for those stretches with these people and it's all of those times that are like the weird little things that you miss and that you'll remember so like seeing just the nature of that that scene and how higgins family took them all in like that was that was really 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 something yeah so many, so many egg bowls, just so many <laughs> egg bowls that you guys celebrate together. <laughs> well, they illustrate too the beauty of like the difference in when his wife says this is the most people we've ever had. And it's obviously the difference in the way that the team interacts mm-hmm. with each other mm-hmm. under Ted Lasso, whether that's seeing more of Higgins and Higgins relationship with the players and the team feels like it's more uh, ingrained at this point and like how the players treat each other and interact and like, Higgins obviously caring because he's when he's listing all of the the hometowns and everything and it's just I absolutely love that part of it it's excellent and everything Danny Rojas forever and ever amen and the bonding between Ted and Rebecca too when Rebecca shows yeah. up knowing that Ted is going to have a rough day Ted yeah. sitting uh, oh. sitting on the couch drinking whiskey and watching it's a wonderful life which is which is tough <laughs> and uh tough stuff got dark yeah got got dark got dark quick but we get the the line of uh rebecca's line about just wanting to watch uh um daniel craig and and rachel weiss fuck which is good um i mean the thing i'll say about that episode since in the two years since it's been released it is now a staple of our our christmas eve we we have watched it the last two christmas eves and that tradition will continue forever and ever yeah. Plus you get Jamie cool. saying, God bless me. <laughs> I'm terrible with accents, but just know it was good. Jamie not knowing what <laughs> Secret <laughs> Santa <laughs> is, it was the, the lock of the <laughs> Also good. Of also good. Oh, uh, Excellent. Okay, uh, Mike. Uh, I thought that was Mike, and I was like, yes, it's my turn. I'm going to get the one I wanted. Damn it, I forgot. I skipped Mike. Okay, Mike. Make a good choice here, Mike. Um. All right. Um. I am going to... A lot of hemming and hawing here, but I'm going to stick with the board and I am going to go season one, episode nine, all apologies. Ooh, good, good, choice. Choice. good choice. Good choice. Excellent choice. Good, great episode um, and not the one I wanted. Great choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I figured if Caroline's supporting my choice, it's because it was one it was or two below side. whatever she was about to pick. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the episode of Uncomfortable Truths for everyone in season one. Roy dealing with his football mortality like we talked about. Rebecca and Ted having their moment where he does this incredible thing and forgives her there. You know, Rupert coming up and dropping the I wanted to have a baby, just not with you. Ooh, that motherfucker. Dude. Dude, Which, he is the worst. By the way, uh, really underrated line in the series uh, from Rebecca in that spot. What are you, a fucking character from the Bible? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that she's too old for kids. What are you? <laughs> oh, it was it was so so good. But yeah, just across across the board, like you see side by side, like Rupert is very good at being cruel. Rebecca is realizing that she is not good at being cruel to all these people. 
doesn't have it. So kind of come to Jesus moment for everybody in that series in between uh, the finale and Diamond Dogs, which I'm still pissed at. <laughs> that that one has <laughs> the moment where Keely has Phoebe say what she likes about her uncle Roy, right? Oh, like that one, so pulling it back to the athlete thing. And just in general, when you do something for so long, it becomes like, this is all I am. And especially when Roy, who, as we talked about in our text thread, has been doing this since he was nine years old. And yeah. it is going through that. And that moment with Phoebe is so sweet. Oh, yeah, that one, that one, that one hit very hard. It was, I don't know that you, know, you hit it perfectly. Yeah. No notes. Yeah. Yeah. What does she know? She's fucking six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this show really does. I had forgotten until doing the rewatch. This show really does lead the league in moments. I'm laughing out loud with fresh tears on. My oh face. yeah. hundred yes. percent. The yo-yo yes. is remarkable. Yeah. It's still like stuff. I don't know if y'all go through this, but like, who knows how many times I've watched these episodes. I catch new stuff every time. Where I texted like, you guys about one the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. the current director of operations and the premiere. And I was like, and it's, yeah. And it's not even like mind blowing, funny stuff. Like, how did I miss that? It's like just stuff that makes it better. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that really, I like that. I must've yeah. been like laughing too hard or probably texting one of you yes. about, <laughs> oh my God, did you see the latest episode? <laughs> like, this is so good. So the only thing I, I, I was going to say is like Rupert telling her about the baby is such a, like we talk so much about mental health on this show, but like when we talk about toxic masculinity, it is such a response when you feel like you have been defeated and we're just coming off of the dark game. Like he's got to yep. win somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to find a way. And what's like the easiest target that's going to do the most damage. And it is going to her and saying, I'm going to be a father. Even when he says you're the best consolation prize, and whatever, oh God, he's, oh, the, he's worst. the worst. It, it is interesting that you bring up winning too, because this is also the first episode where we get some pushback on the entire Ted Lasso method. Like, yeah. you have that moment with Beard in the Bar where he's like, "No, this matters. There are real consequences." These to are this. adults. These are no Our, longer college mm-hmm. kids that we're yeah. trying right. to mold into men. These are paid professionals. Yeah, yep. it's, it's good choice. Excellent choice. Great, episode. Caroline. Let's do it. <laughs> da, 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 Danny Rojas, two Fuck! aces. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> that was a great episode of Big Screen Sports. Everyone subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs> this one's over. Rage <laughs> quit. Oh. Did you leave? Did you leave? God damn it. I love this episode. And I was, this so is do I. the one that I was like, this is the one I was most concerned about taking too early. Like I felt really good about making Rebecca great again. Like a season finale is always a solid choice. And I was like, I don't know if two aces is too, if it's too early, <laughs> but no, one, great. you get Danny Rojas, who is a beacon of light and it's just this brilliance. And you also get the um, 400 ghosts. That's too many ghosts. <laughs> it's too many ghosts. The That's entire thing point. is full of perfect underrated, like quips and, the uh you know oh he was in the training room he's like ah well it's good run like he's he's dead (laughs) like he's never coming back whatever um and you get all of the but you also get the you start to see every episode you see more and more of rebecca's growth and how she's dealing with the trauma of what she went through with rupert and all of this whether it's the you know she burns the papers but then also after the two aces work she's still in that mindset of like i have to sabotage the situation because it's something that rupert loves and they send jamie away um or not necessarily right away but puts that in motion um but you get these stories around the the 
the dumpster, whatever, the big metal can in the locker room. And it's Roy talking about being nine and being taken to training. He's like, Did you call it a blankie? He's like, <laughs> I said blanket, move on. But it's also the like, uh, I was fucking nine, say something. <laughs> um, and you see more of the care, like more, you get more from the characters, you get a little bit about them. You, these are the sunglasses that made someone told me, so I look like Clive Owen once. And it's, uh, uh, I think Richard has the sand where he first had sex with a supermodel on a beach. Oh, <laughs> and, and then you've got like Colin putting his car keys in there. Uh, but you also have Jamie come in and Jamie, yeah, how are you going to get home? Jamie finally is vulnerable. And that's when he does one of my favorite lines that I say constantly. We've already said, it, I think twice today, where he's like, when I was just a wee sexy baby. Um, <laughs> Which by the way, is that why Taylor Swift thought it was okay to say that? I hope so. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> that's the first thing that I thought of. And it, I was like, shocked that it took so long for me to see a tiktok edit with it because i don't have the skill to do it <laughs> so i was like um but yeah so this episode and then when they try and burn it and he's like maybe we should do this part outside um you see that higgins is more loyal to ted at this point than trying to spite everything so i just by the way my this episode had like the ultimate easter egg in it when Sam goes up to Rebecca's office to ask her to come and he, she thinks he's asking her out. He's and like, oh, he you like, are a very handsome woman. You must get lots of romantic invitations. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was watching that back. I was like, oh shit, they really did try and let us know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they yes. told us it was coming. I love it. Uh, Danny Rojas coming out in the field to jerk it out and just like having the most joy ever playing soccer is that's another yeah. thing that just, it brings me serotonin watching that. Where where he's just like playing the or he thinks he's playing the game with Jamie of hitting the crossbar and stuff and Jamie's like God damn it <laughs> like it's brilliant so good wait what is what does Rebecca say when they're in the lobby I forgot the line that precedes it where Ted responds they're gonna take his house oh she's oh, gonna they're man, gonna terminate wants his to lease re- oh yeah that's right they're gonna terminate his lease they're gonna take his house. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you got two. You have put me in a very <laughs> tough spot. Uh, I was banking on that, being there, thought it was going to get to me. Oh, man. I So I know what I'm doing with my first one. Uh, and since, I, okay, so first one I'm going with is uh, season one, episode four, For the Children. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Love that one. Um, that is... Sweet. We start getting uh, some Ted and Rebecca loyalty there. Like they start Rebecca finding that Ted is just genuinely a good person. That's when we start getting the cracks in her plan there. Uh, The conversation of Roy and Jamie at the bar. I've always loved when they're, they're kind of coming to terms there. Uh, Ted finding the street performer saving the day when, when Rupert has Robbie Williams cancel. Uh, <laughs> when Figgins goes, do you think Rebecca knows what the real Adele looks like? <laughs> <laughs> it's Every so time oh. kills me. <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah, I that one is uh, there. There's a lot in there. Um, and it's that that one shows a lot of who Ted is as a person. Um, with the. I, I the conversation between him and Rupert when he deduces that Rupert has been the one who made Robbie Williams not show up 
in that it shows that Ted is not a pushover. Ted is very kind mm-hmm. and caring, yeah. but he will also call a spade a spade, and he doesn't outright say it, but he lets Rupert know that he knows that that he did this. And, um, man, Ted just... I, that another episode that makes me happy. I think when in doubt, just go with the Ted episode that makes me really happy, which is most of them. But I'm I'm a huge fan of this one. There's, I think this is the first real instance of Rebecca softening to Ted because even in the beginning of the episode, she's still like snapping at him. They, you know, no, you can't sit there. This is the. That's also with the great line with like, oh, it's the boring table, and Higgins is like, that's where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the he says like gives her advice on the speech whatever she's like she doesn't like doing that stuff because she doesn't usually have to because rupert does the stuff and she starts with like i could give you all a hug but you know i'm not much of a hugger and it's like kind of like it's the talking to her outside out about the rickshaws like it just shows she's coming around to seeing that like this guy's actually pretty nice <laughs> pretty good can i tell y'all that my favorite part of this episode like it's such a small thing i guess but it just meant a lot to me when um, Ted gets Nate a new suit. Oh, yes. yes. Like, it's just something. And again, like, I always touch on my personal shit on this podcast. So I'm sorry. My dad was just sort of a believer. My mom, too. But like my dad, you know, they came from nothing. He was such a believer. And like, you've got to look the part. And he would go out of his way to make sure that like he owned a company and like that he would you know, like if he found out like an employee's son was interviewing for a job, he could be 16 in a grocery store. He's like, well, we got to go buy him a suit. We got to go get him like a nice thing. And like, even when I moved to New York, he was very against it. I was like, this is not going to happen. He's like, well, we need to go get you a good like luggage. You can't go to New York with your Mississippi luggage. <laughs> and so I just always found it very touching that like, even if you, you know, Nate, I think that first season was establishing he very clearly considered himself the bottom of the totem pole was amazed that he wanted to know his name. And so there there was that part of it of like, Oh, I can't believe this guy pays attention to me, but it wasn't Ted like putting on a show. He just truly said like, let's get you a suit that fits. Are you the kind of guy that wants your friend to tell you when you got something on his, his Yeah, And he's like, I want you to feel good. Which which is also kind of having that one suit as a through line to no weddings in a funeral when you have uh, was it Haas who says another man picking out your clothes for you is infantilizing, isn't it? Like that thing, that gesture of friendship because of all of Nate's baggage is yeah. weaponized against him and yeah. becomes another thing as you have the Rupert whispering to him outside of the church. Like all of the things start to realize that, yeah, there were some things that Ted and them were guilty of with Nate, but a lot of this was just always going to be what happened because of how deeply entrenched a lot of this stuff was. It was the yep. second suit he ever owned, the first being when he came out as a naked baby. <laughs> 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 naked baby. Oh, oh my God. So good. Uh, that's also, that is when um, we're introduced to Bex because that is who Jamie has as the second yeah. date. Yeah. Uh, Keely Hassel, yes. Jason Sudeikis' ex-girlfriend. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. They dated after the Living Well thing happened. Jason, if you're listening, I don't care about your personal life. We're cool here. We're just being professional. He's, still he's, he's definitely so just, listening. We're, we're reporting just, the facts. Just she's very pretty. But. Being Keely, well, okay. Here's my thing. They've been friends for a long time, long before the show. In fact, I believe she wrote at least one episode in season three. But some pictures showed them being very close. At, you yeah. know, when all the stuff went down. I'm just mm. saying to each their own. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm no gossip, but here's what I heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just Did you hear the news? 
Okay. Straight facts. No gossip. I've got another pick, and... This is a big one. Man. So, like... I swear to God. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm in the thing, like, I know I should... I should stick to the board, because, like, that's what you do, but I feel like I'm in that... It's like, you know... Like ah, it's the third round. I need a I need a starting left guard. We didn't address that in free agency. We're ah, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Um, I am going Let's do this for twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm just I'm yeah. You guys just everyone go on mute. I'm just gonna think. Silently. He's gonna rewatch a couple episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta throw some episodes on. Right I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do what Caroline and I did last night. We recorded and take an ad break, and then we talked for ten minutes and realized like, oh shit, we're still recording the podcast. <laughs> oh, shit, we're, what were we talking about? Um, I am going with season two, episode seven, Headspace. Oh. Good pick. I am good pick. Uh, so good pick. Main line with that episode is the the Roy and Keeley. Uh, yes. You know the the moment where Jamie says no. He, I you know I need to trust him. He he needs me to give him space. Roy says fuck. I, is that also the episode where we found out find out where Roy doesn't use whistles because his lips are sen- <laughs> sensitive to impure metals. Yes. Uh, but that is when Ted starts going to see Sharon. Um, storms out. You know, um, yeah, man, j- just a good episode, a good episode about the importance of communication and relationships, which is a lot of what the show is about. It's just the importance of open, genuine communication. And uh, yeah, I- and I believe that is also uh, when I would say the dark turn in Nate. I think that's when he he, he really starts turning into a foil because that episode ends with him uh, threatening Will Kitman. And that that's when thing, things yeah. start getting dark in there. So yeah. that is what I'm going. It's with. also the uh, where he's like, I was fine with it when I thought you were talking about normal things, like how much hair I was leaving in the drain. <laughs> now everyone thinks I'm fucking clingy. Fridge. He calls himself a fridge magnet. Oh. And the playlist, which is a real mm. playlist that you can get on Apple or Spotify, and uh, the Sade song, y'all. Who was Dude. it? Who wasn't 14 years old and listening to that? Like, I understand love. <laughs> <laughs> that to me. I, I will I say it. as a, uh, as someone who um, has started trying to figure out how to garden a little bit, uh, looking forward to really attacking that this coming weekend, getting some stuff in planters. Um, everyone listen to hand in the dirt. Uh, I would be yeah. furious if I came home and found out that my neighbor's rich boyfriend had taken some of my roses to, uh, to cover their their bathtub with i would be very pissed i i thought about okay that. but if he told me if he told me why i'd be like okay maybe I, <laughs> depends on how attached i, I am to the clearly. roses. new new plant poppy over yeah. here <laughs> it depends on how attached i am to the roses yeah <laughs> you have no idea what a winter this was <laughs> you no know hard you know how much i sacrificed uh okay caroline you are. Oh, I'm panicking now. Um, you are freaking out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And they both have the same rating on IMDb. <laughs> what? <laughs> didn't help me at all. I've got two episodes that I'm flip-flopping between. <laughs> I will lose them both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flip-flopping between two episodes, and I am in a full panic meltdown. Um... 
Ooh, there's a third. A third episode has entered the oh, chat. No. Um, oh, I don't like this. I'm really. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm gonna go with the signal. Oh, that was that was, right. that was mm-hmm. a good one. That's a good pick. It's a real good. Oh, is yep. it? That was the, the third one that entered the that's chat. That's a good pick. And I panicked. It's it's <laughs> a good pick. Um, I just love. That's also where we see a lot of the. Um, that's the player coach relationship with with Roy coming into his own as a coach he isn't that's also where he says like you couldn't build fucking Jeff Bridges um when Jamie tries tells him he's trying to build Bridges <laughs> and for some reason that ridiculous like response is just fantastic to me um and it's the understanding that you can't fully like you have to let Jamie be who he is in some way and the maturity of Jamie to now know when to reel that in and when to let it go. And um, you get some really good big chill moments with the actual gameplay and it's a big win and it's just a fun Oh, I see, but now I'm like second guessing everything. Well, so, I'm... and I mean, you get, I, it, we don't get the rest of Nate without the moment when Ted leaves with the panic attack yeah. and they've got to make mm-hmm. the dis- like Nate makes yeah. the decision that all of a sudden gives him this public clout that starts to seep into his brain. Yes. You see at the end of the episode, him scrolling on Twitter already, reading yeah. all the things being said about him, and that's where the poison starts. It's such a big, um, just a big moment for like f- furthering the plots as well so it's a fun um yeah i like that one the when jamie ends up scoring the goal on the free kick there's something it's a a trope that always works for me in sports movies or sports pop culture is when someone who is so freakishly talented like knows it and asserts their dominance in that way when he is just telling him you're gonna foul me and i'm gonna score you're gonna foul me i'm gonna score it's sick because it's the thing that we all (laughs) as athletes wish that we could do at some time like it's isn't it's great. Isn't there a clip of Jamie actually hitting that shot? Or am I making that up? Wasn't there something where like, yes, Jamie actually, actually did, did that. it. Yeah. yeah. So it just adds to the like legend of this. Episode. Shout out <laughs> Phil Dunster. Who, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is Phil Dunster really one of the few in the main cast who has not received like a main, uh, like a main awards nomination. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think which so. I thought I thought he, especially in season two, was incredible. Was excellent. Yeah. Incredible. The, the the growth with Jamie. But Jamie, Jamie, uh, Mike. Oh, oh that's where you used to see the thing. Nicole, our friend Nicole Arbach texted us during and I for a second was like, is this our chat? Like, are we texting her the thing? And she said the um, I'm an ugly boy with bad hair. I'm an ugly, ugly boy. And he <laughs> makes him say with bad boy. hair. Can I say <laughs> so, one thing about that episode? I'm sorry. That's just like, that should go on my tombstone. Can I say one (laughs) thing before you bury me in the ground? Um, This shit sucks. (laughs) No. So something that um, a few of our listeners brought up to me, either just through tweets or emails that I did honestly was naive and did not consider until later. You know, I think we devoted a lot of time in season two to talking about Sharon and how they made her seem cold and she was closed off and we didn't get to learn about her. And I was honestly ignorant to this idea of like the black woman therapist trope and this idea that it was very similar to like the black best friend trope where like, this is going to be the vehicle in the show that, that just absorbs all your feelings and all your problems and they're going to make everything okay. And I just think not to say Lasso was perfect with this at all, but the fact that they were so careful about, we only got to know her in her personal interactions, not when she was saving somebody. 
we didn't get to see her therapy sessions outside of like the time when the times when Ted was wrestling with it, obviously. Um, even in this episode, when she was like going out for a drink, you know, we got to see her as a woman and it wasn't until the end when obviously he's lying down on her couch that I forget what he says exactly, but he's just like, you know, I need to talk to you or I have a problem, whatever. I'm ready to talk mm-hmm. or anything. yeah, I'm ready. Something like that. Yeah. It, it was so important that they did not lean into showing her saving him at all. Not to say she did, but like, I com- was completely naive and ignorant to that when I watched it, you know? And I think all of us were like, we don't even know if we like her. We don't get to see like the soft side of her. And like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That wasn't the point. And they built her as this brilliant character without her like showing us like her doing some pretty profound work. I mean, we saw it with the individual players. We saw it with Ted, but they didn't show us that. And I think it's an incredible thing. And it just kind of shows us like the blinders we still have even when when we think we're being really open-minded. So that's all. Just the one thing. Just the one thing. <laughs> as as usual, thing. Alex offering the most like coherent, well-researched portion of Yeah, this. I don't even have and a I'm response like, to it. it was... I'm just like, golf clap. Very good. <laughs> I'm like, I thought it was funny because you said I was an ugly boy. <laughs> no, but it was. I just wanted to add What about that, the part where really they give him the finger? Very much. <laughs> she's, she's, Will, she's Will Ferrell in old school. I have no rebuttal. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, um, great. Okay, anyway. Mike. Oh, run into the, run into the pool. It actually worked out, and it's weird how the draft works sometimes. Where I was sitting here, and so many of the choices you guys made were ones I had on my board above this pick. And as I was getting closer, you know how it's like you know until the coins in the air, you're not really sure which side you're yeah. rooting for. As I got closer, I realized I wanted this episode, so you guys made me not have to go against my board. Uh, I am going. Uh, Season one, episode three, Trent Crimm. Come on, Mike. Real good. This close. It was this yeah, close. I was, oh, I was considering that funny. one as well. Very good. It, good it has a line that I use very, like, or reference the idea is. of very often. And though I believe Ted Lasso will fail here and Richmond will suffer the embarrassment of relegation, I won't gloat when it happens. Like, this idea that, like, once you've seen under the hood and you actually see in this profession of all places, like in coaching, especially we know a lot of people who are terrible people and a lot of people who are in it for selfish reasons for what they want to do. When you finally peek under the hood and you see someone around this world, who's actually there with like, good intentions and does like I didn't pick up until the rewatch here that when they go to that restaurant Ali was his driver on the way in I was completely you know just I mean I am a much less discerning television watcher (laughs) than the rest of the people in this chat and so I didn't notice that but like you have all those moments you have the the line there you know I spoke to the owner of the sun you talk to God (laughs) I wrote that down it was like the first one of the first huge laughs I had in the show (laughs) Keely and Rebecca get their start in this one Um, the foot job (laughs) yes oh you're right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god men give each other jobs and toilets all the time Um, also the I say the um you both just met a very cool person a lot yes. now. Someone actually said it in an email today that I oh. was helping a friend out with something and she introduced me to someone else. And I was like, this is fitting now. See, now, now I'm a little bit regretful. But it's it's fine. also, and you guys referenced the second time it happens when Roy realizes how he had been with Keely, 
This episode is the first time that Roy storms out of somewhere and realizes he has to go do something when he's in the locker room and he realizes Jamie did not get the message before. And so he yells, fuck, storms out, goes to the club, headbutts Colin, and then screams <laughs> at Jamie for drinking vanilla vodka. Oh, if I would have remembered that moment was in that episode. That's a game changer. It's I love so it. It's so good. Love it. It's so good. Oh, damn it. <laughs> And Very she good. looks at him with like the most like oh. ooh, <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yes. She's like <laughs> She ever meets Embers. All right, yeah, but that's it's my fourth. That's my fourth. Oh, and it's got the whole he's like when he realized, Am I supposed to be the fucking girl? <laughs> yeah. the, books, <laughs> the books were fantastic. I yes. loved the books. Mm. It's like that was the episode. I made a joke about it in the text earlier because I <laughs> I used a photo of my son taking his first steps. I was like, that was episode three of season one for me. That was the Trent Crim episode. It was like, not that we don't love the crawling, the crawling's adorable, but it's like, all right, when are you gonna? I'm going to stand up already. Yep. And that's what episode three was for me. It was like, okay, this thing has legs. Mm-hmm. Literally, let's go. It, you know? it gives us belief in the guy too. Like we, yes. we, yeah. we understand Ted doesn't know shit about soccer, but it gives us some legitimacy to this man has, has a plan of sorts and cares yep. and, and will, will do a good job. We, we know that his mission is to, emotionally change the culture and like culture change is such a such a cliche in coaching and in sports but with ted that is a legitimate a legitimate mission in a good way because sometimes culture change is like i'm gonna be a you know i'm gonna be an enforcer here but that is that is not the last of ways so that is that is a good pick yeah i also think like just one more thing um i think <laughs> For me, sports journalism in a, in a huge way is still very foreign to me because I didn't get in this business for it at all. And I just sort of stumbled into it. And now I'm pretty immersed in it. And I, you know, I'm very real about this. Like, I certainly don't lie to people. So my sports journalist friends, I like them genuinely. But sports journalists genuinely like suck for the most part. Like they are out for the take. They're out for the, they are. You can quote me on it, put me in, make it a soundbite. I do not give a shit. Most sports journalists that I know, and I know there's a lot of hardworking ones out there, so I'm not talking to you, but they're looking for the soundbite. They're looking for the gotcha moment. They're looking for the take. And, you know, I defend journalism as much as I possibly can, but I also know it's different on this side. And so, you know, for Ted to be very like mindfully cautious, which you can tell he is of Trent is smart. But for Trent to like clearly reject everything in his body that's telling him to like be as cynical as possible about it and to say, okay, this guy is actually good. Like I may not agree with him and I may think he's still going to fail. I'm just not going to be happy about it. Wonderful moment. Who knew I would hate Trent a season later? <laughs> I mean, is, is that us watching this show though? Like everything about us watching the show based on a commercial, based on like the cheesy nice guy in a way we, we cut, we, especially now like we should have come into this so cynical and it's like nope show can't help but win us over it's perfect no nuts no yeah yeah good pick mike good pick alex you have your final two picks oh my god (laughs) i I hate this um okay i'm going with the season two finale inverting the pyramid of success wait i took that carol she took what you did caroline took that yeah round two how did I miss that? Is it on the thing? Oh, um, I think you actually were talking to Jack. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that's was, okay. He was playing his recorder. Okay, just delete this. Pretend I never said anything. Hot cross buns. Um, 
Guys, he's like, trying really hard. Like, keep the hot cross buns. I want, I want, I, no I want to believe context. he's back there playing Lord of the Rings. He's intro. back there playing something. I'm so sorry. No, I, know, I need to. Okay. Let me. Let's make it's sure cool. the board is is correct. Is that? I'm sure the board is fine. Well, that was truly. That was me being distracted. <laughs> How many should we have left on the board? Should we have seven or eight? I have one, two, three, four, five, six left on the board. Okay, what is what has been taken that I have not blacked out for the children? Okay, we're good there. Okay, board yeah. is board okay. is accurate. I think I'm okay. I think <laughs> okay. In that case, <laughs> I'm gonna take um, season two, episode two, lavender. Ooh, good. Ooh. It's a good Come one. On. Lavender. Hey. <laughs> it's when Roy kind of caves and he's like, okay, I could be a pundit. I could do this. And you have that wonderful walking from the maker room to the set. Um, what is it, the Antichrist song? Um, right? Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about this? Okay. Yes. Did I get the wrong episode? Okay. This is when we and... see his retirement speech as well, right? The clip of it. Yes. <laughs> and the crying and. <laughs> Keely's very much like, I need you to be vulnerable with me because that's what, I mean, she does it in the most hilarious way possible, but she's like, the reason I watched this is because of vulnerability, but you also have the return of Jamie because he has been jilted and he is no longer on, I always want to call it MILF Manor. <laughs> that's a <laughs> real show. Jamie would be great on MILF Manor. MILF Manor. Um, but Jamie, it's the first tender moment we see of his where he's like signing the soccer ball for the kid outside the studio. He has like, we've seen in that the season before, like he was very tender toward Ted's kid. Like clearly he has a soft spot. And it also tells you like, this is a guy who was mistreated a lot as a kid. Like you can tell if they're really good to kids, but they're a jerk to everybody else. And so, you know, you have that and you have Roy trying out a new thing. And I just think it's a really lovely episode. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, that is when we find we realize that Jamie has kept the toy soldier that that Ted gave him. Mm -hmm. puts it on the puts yes. it on the bar, sits down next to him. That is it. That is the first Jamie is turning a new leaf kind of moment. Yep, and that is followed immediately by because I get the next one. Yes, right? you do. Season two, episode three, do the rightest mm, thing. Ooh, um, yes, where. That was, we that both was have um, Sassy's daughter, who reminds me so much of Ashley Johnson. Are we Ashley Johnson people? Okay. She <laughs> plays Ellie in The Last of Us in the game. Oh, and she, oh okay. She was on gr Growing Pains, I think. She was a little sister. She's been around, okay? But she looks just like her. So you have Rebecca trying to make up for lost time with her. And you have this one, I like, to me, the last scene of the show is just one of the best. I'm not going to say the best scenes like the, in the way it affects me. I think it's just shot very well with the snow. And it's like Sam has renewed faith in Ted. Like, he's not going to screw us over. And then here comes Jamie. And it's like, what the hell? And Ted kind of has a cold look on his face. Like, he, you know, he doesn't. But then you have that shot right at the end. Where Rebecca looks over at Keeley and gives us a little foreshadowing. That's all I'm saying. I know. I actually, that was the first time I noticed that today mm -hmm. in the rewatch. And it was very like, I was like, what is that look? She just I know. I know. And it's all, it's all very good. Very good needle drop there too. Yeah. I'm young. I, I if there's something, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be something <laughs> with the Apple deal, right? Like yeah, Apple gives them okay. all the music. Cause it's every, they, they have an absolute 
banger of a soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, the like, music in Shrinking has been awesome too. Like it's just I sometimes will just put on the Ted Lasso like Spotify playlist that they like put all these on and it's yes. We need incredible. a Shrinking spinoff podcast, by the way. But that, yeah, yes, sh- sure. Like <laughs> <laughs> twist my arm, why yeah. don't you? Get Bill Lawrence on the show. Uh Mike, final pick. Ooh, I didn't realize. Wait, isn't it Caroline up next? No, no. I'm after. no? Yeah. Uh, oh god, I got I got so I got so ripped up in this. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> all right, perfect. Um, with the last pick of my draft, I am going to go uh season one, episode two, biscuits. Mm, good, good pick. Yeah. Just good, solid, tried and true one here. First game as a manager, you have, as I mentioned, the early hint of the panic attack with the little camera shot of his hand clenching on the field. Jamie Tart with the indelible line when they're asked about, would you rather be a lion or a panda? I'm me. Why would I want to be anyone else? You have no idea how emotionally healthy that is. <laughs> um, Sam's birthday party yes. here, which is that first little bit of so team cute. building. And then th- I wrote it down the first big laugh of the series when Ted is walking out of Rebecca's office with him and Higgins up there. And he says, Oh yeah, we're going to get salads for lunch later. And Higgins goes, all right, Caesar, you later. later. And Ted bangs the door back in and just points at him because he's the first time someone else has matched him with a pun since yes. he's been there. And it's perfect. It's excellent. It's very, very good. Yeah. No nuts. Is this also the episode? No, I just sound terrible. I need to go back and rewatch. This is also the one where Roy's like, I'm Ted Lasso. Yes. I'm from Kansas. And she's oh. like, I can push your buttons. And then he, she does, I'm Roy Kent. I, I play a game. I play a game. <laughs> I'm angry all the time. All the time. And she, and she goes inside <laughs> and goes, mm, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was something in this one that I noticed. Oh, no. And now I can't remember what it was. Oh, cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, just <laughs> just <laughs> no, cut there's that. There's something um, that he says, and it's just like a great like throwaway line at the end that I never actually caught. And now this is a horrible story. You're welcome. I love it. <laughs> I had a great do you time. Want, do you want to spin off into something about X Files to save it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe there's a story that I could tell you again that I told Kyle last night on Rounders, as well as tonight. I could just do all of it. Um, oh man. Okay. Well, Caroline, Ooh. you're up. This is funny because I, in doing our prep for this, there's a specific episode in which. Um, I was like, Alex, it's going to get picked. You're crazy. And now I have a chance to pick it and I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> because I'm going to go, this is going to shock a lot of people probably with the whole, uh, literally a dog dies in the first 10 seconds, but I'm going goodbye Earl. <laughs> goodbye Earl. I don't think that's shocking because I think it has the best, best line of the line entire show. The entire series. So I do think the rest of the episode is pretty good. I love the Barkingham Palace jokes. I love the... <laughs> introduction of, of Sharon I love Danny Rojas in the shower with this just like football was life and that football is death um you get him waking up in a cold sweat after the dream about like killing the cartoon dog by kicking the ball through it and when he with yells football is death there are two women in his bed Danny Rojas fucks <laughs> folks yeah I'd say don't let this happy-go-lucky attitude he's he is applying that energy elsewhere <laughs> And you get like he kicks the ball into Ted's butt at the thing. They talk about the yips, like the whole thing. So I think there are so many, there are a lot of really, really great moments from this episode. But without a doubt in my mind, the best line of the entire series is is Roy telling Rebecca, like, 
don't settle for fine. Like what, it's not whether or not you're good enough for him, what makes him good enough for you. And it's just such a, it's the great moment too. It's like, hey, the whole thing is great. The state sentiment is great. And she looks to Keely, who I don't think has been a bad friend in this situation. I think she's been a supportive mm-hmm. friend. She's not, the guy's, the guy, and he's, he's right. He's fine. fine. But what makes him good enough to date you? Like, and Keely, when she looks at Keely for like, do you agree? Not in a like, do you, how dare he? Do you agree with him? But like, is this like, and she kind of gives her the like, you know, he's got a point. Like, should make you feel like you've been struck by fucking lightning. <laughs> um, it's ugh, best line of the show, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, and Roy is a godsend and perfection, and I love him dearly. And if they don't have a Hercules montage <laughs> in the next Thor movie, that's him working out or doing Hercules stuff to I Need a Hero, Taika and I are going to have words. So, Brett Goldstein on Sesame <laughs> Street was a joy. Oh my god! You literally could just do Brett Goldstein on. Yes, <laughs> he's great and on talk shows. He's just—he's just hilarious. There was like just—he's just perfect. I love him dearly. So this is yeah. His I'm podcast happy with this is movie. incredible. Yes, is it the movies it. to die. Yes. The, yeah, the films to be buried with. Yes. Like movies to die with. And, and he, same thing. It's an American version. <laughs> you know, movies, movies to, to die be dead with. While you watch. <laughs> but like, he loves Grease too, and that's enough for me. The, you no, you I, and Brett need to do a Grease two podcast. It's true. I have um a print in Jack's room because he's a bit of an Anglophile. And so we have like a double decker bus and the, you know, the red phone booth. And I have a, a print that used to be mine, but I just felt like it belonged in his room that says, don't you dare settle for fine. Cause I'm like, I want him. I'm not into these like soft achieve your dreams and, you know, reach for the, <laughs> what is it like? What is this like? Even if you miss, you'll the, still land, above, land the stars. above the stars. No, I'm very direct <laughs> with him. Like if you want it, go get it. Like, if you want to, don't settle for that. Like, be alone in your own loneliness. Like, don't let someone else create that loneliness for you. If this is your little house that, of loneliness, great. It's yours. And you can decide when to leave it. Obviously, I'm very emotional about this. But, like, it's an important thing to say. I would rather be alone and know that this is a house of loneliness I created than to be with somebody and wonder why they're there. Oh. And wonder, like, mm. why did I... Why did I put them in that position? Because I, I wanted to go to a party with somebody. Yeah, buddy. I'm not sharing the space with mediocrity right now. Ooh. Exactly. I just, there's no, yeah, not settling at this point. It's real estate. My piece is real estate. Not yeah. expensive. Not fam. Yeah. No. By the way, what a cool thing to be able to say about your nine-year-old. Oh yeah, he's a bit of an anglophile. When I was nine, I was fat and covered in bug bites. I had a Notre Dame jersey that I wore loosely over my bug-bitten body. He's I, the best is he you if, have you guys seen his shadow in the background? I think yes. playing yes. the recorder like like he's like the Pied Piper back there. Like you just kind of see like <laughs> he's also been saying like really like Cockney British things throughout. Like you, you sent know, that I video I, once of him just riffing, yes. which was amazing. Where he's like a stabbing. <laughs> yes. I ain't gonna get stabbed like this, like signed by the Queen. And it's sad, isn't it? He, he's oops in it. Yes, that's what he says. Ha- have you guys watched Mary Poppins yet? Like solely for Dick Van Dyke's Cockney? That's amazing. It's incredible. Incredible. Jackie, come here. If I can get him to shoot really quickly. Oh, wait, Mike has to go. Never mind. Jack, we do not need your talent. We have to finish this. 
We'll do it later. <laughs> we'll do it live. There, there he is. Let's let's hear. Oh, oh he's got to give us a little. Will you do the British stabbing thing really quickly? All right, Mike. Speaking of that. All right, Mike. Oh, it's fine. Just go with it. Shank, shank, oi, 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 bit rude, put that noise from my chest in it, in, in, in it, oi, 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 what's happening here? You got a license for stabbing? I got your license for stabbing right here, signed by the queen. We have a license, a license, can't do anything. So, sorry, bloody episode. <laughs> Thank you, bud. That's all we need. The podcast is his now. I know. I want to give him everything. I know. So good. Oi, 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 oi. So when oi. I say he's an anglophile, I don't mean it in an obnoxious way. I mean it in that way. We need to get him like on the show. Uh, well, eventually. Yeah. We'll bring him on with Nanny. Just make him. <laughs> oh, I no, I, I meant Ted Lasso. I meant the real show. Like, in... Oh. <laughs> God, if you want content tailor-made for me, though, just to have him and Nanny oh. together on a podcast, I'll listen to whatever they want to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were so late on time. I wouldn't have derailed. Okay. Well, with that being said, I oh, have the last pick that's... of this draft. Last pick. Okay. So, I mean, I guess I, I, Three episodes I can just kind of talk it out. So we've got the pilot. We've got Beard After Hours. We've got Midnight Train to Royston. Only one of those episodes has Sam Richardson on it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hmm. 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 I am going to go with the pilot. Because we talk, you did that just because to prove a point. No, we we talk about we, we we talk all the time about how impressive it is when a show lands the plane, like Shit's Creek lands yeah, it perfectly. That's true. Clean takeoff on this one, because again, we go if we go back to the watching this before any rewatches, anything like that. This is a TV show about a commercial based on a commercial. Yep. Does anyone remember the Geico Cavemen? This can go very badly. And <laughs> oh shit, they made a show about those guys. Yes. Yes, they did. That's right. I was reading, I think uh I was reading a profile of Ike Barinholtz in GQ or Rolling Stone Ike or Barinholtz. Vanity Fair or something was like that. Was he a part of that show? No, he tried out and he didn't get it, I think. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh but yeah, so introduces us to all our characters does get some laughs in we get the uh ted's first press conference when he takes the sip of water and spits on everybody um you know at the end when rebecca lets us know that she's just doing the plot for major league she's she's wanting him to fail (laughs) um i'm i'm big on it and we the the introduction of him and coach beard together like that we we start figuring out what that relationship's all about scott van pelt is in this yes i Yes, the yeah. great, the Pretty great incredible. Scott Van Pelt. So that that is my last pick. So I also think there's a great scene. The beard and well, you meet Ollie, who's the driver. Yes. But the great scene between Beard and and Ted that I love so much is the like, you know, I was thinking about it over the warm cookies they handed out, and Beard goes, "I didn't get a cookie." And he's like, "Not the point of the story." <laughs> yeah, did you eat my cookie? <laughs> did you eat my cookie? It's not the point of the story. That is just such a great like, and it's like six minutes into the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a great. There are a lot of actually really good jokes in the in the pilot i'm the pilot's uh, great Don't get me, i'm not a pilot hater i'm just saying this show's so alex incredible. alex pilot. hates alex no. hates pilots she hates she's pilots, one of those unruly passengers but i feel the same media. way about schitt's creek though if you compare the pilot to the rest of schitt's creek that would not even be close to my top yeah at all 
No. Like Schitt's Creek evolved into something great. And yes. I'm not, Ted Lasso didn't really have like a curve for evolving. I'm just saying the episodes are so good that yeah. pilots toward the bottom. That's all yeah. I'm saying. We're on to your anti pilot agenda. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're on to you. I do love the scene in the Midnight Train to Royston where he's knocking over all of the shit after. He, yes, that when he, he he says he's gonna poop on the ashes of his house. <laughs> Literally everything Sam Richardson does in that episode is perfect. yeah. So we left funny. Midnight Train to Royston uh, undrafted, and that's that that really and is beard after yes beard. beard. So the Midnight Train to Royston. The other thing is uh, Nate doing the impromptu kiss of Keely. And then Roy yeah. spending the time with Phoebe's teacher. Yes, which is honestly like, I don't love either it of makes, those storylines. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, see, I actually thought the teacher one was sort of like an interesting tell because it never got inappropriate, but it just kind of made you realize what we knew about this, which was this idea that like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm not totally all in on this. And it never got disrespect. Like, Keely's, you know, that wasn't on her. Nate did right. that. And the teacher thing, it never got inappropriate, but it was very clear signals to both of them in their chest that while this thing is great and healthier than what I've had, it's also not, I think, going to be the thing that sustains me. So yeah, well, I actually liked the teacher portion of it. That's fair. That's a really reason. good description yeah. of it. That's a really good analysis yeah. of that. And then it's... we also left Beard After Hours undrafted. I can you believe they said that to share? <laughs> um. That does have one of, one of my favorite feel good moments of the of the uh, episode. when they go when into, when the when he lets the guys go onto Nelson Road at night. It is yeah joy is personified. They use the Apple Music catalog. Yes, yeah. Shut mm-hmm. up, Tiari Henry. I actually I think the beard episode is last on my list, but I don't think it's. I still give it like a seven out of I 10. I enjoy it. I hate when like, people shit on. I, that I enjoy episode. it. Yeah, I hate I, it. I think it's a wonderful episode. I think it's the very idea weird, but I still think it's a good episode. Um, and I get why they had to like the why they did it the way that they did and like all that stuff. I'm a huge fan of the trope when you and a group of people are pretending to be someone you're not and get in good with another group of people. It's like shout out to those uh I think it was Bud Light commercials way back in the day, like the you know Sergio commercials. It's like that, mm-hmm. but in uh but with Beard and the guys pretending to be Oxford grads or whatever it is. So I enjoy that. That's right. Oh god, so that's good. good. So, <laughs> good. so uh recapping the teams real quick. Uh, Alex went with uh, The Hope That Kills You in round one. Man City is their second pick. Carol of the Bells, Lavender, and Do the Rightest Thing. Mike. That's a strong draft. Yes. Mike went with No Weddings and a Funeral, Tan Lines, All Apologies, Trent Crim, The Independent, and Biscuits. Caroline went with Make Rebecca Great Again, Inverting the Pyramid of Success, Two Aces, The Signal, and Goodbye Earl. I went with the Diamond Dogs, Rainbow, For the Children, Headspace, and the Pilot. Can't lose. I know. That's yeah, what I that's, we're all feeling good. Good luck voting on that, listeners. Yeah. We're all feeling yeah. good. Those are all really good. This was so fun. Yes. Was this fun. was. I'm so excited for it to come back. I don't know if it counts as coming back my birthday week, Alex. So we can do this like birthday week to birthday week, but it's the week it after my birthday. Yeah. At date this drops. The episode comes out in, in a week. Or a week, like week and two days. So that's that's exciting. All right. So uh, before we're gonna take a quick ad break and get into some listener questions. Before that, we uh, we bid Mike farewell for the for this portion. Uh, Mike, where can the folks follow you? At Gojo Show on Twitter. Uh, download, subscribe it, rate it, and review it wherever you get your podcast. Leave us one of those fun five star ratings. Um, 
And uh, yeah, uh, at Mike Golick Jr. on all social medias if you want to just follow my dumb takes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll take a quick ad break and then we'll come back with some listener questions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. Uh, put out the call for uh, some listeners, some Ted Lasso season three, or maybe some season two recap type questions in the Big Screen Sports Patreon group. Got a few that we're going to read off here. Me, Alex, and Caroline are going to are going to break them down. Uh, starting with Aaron Figueroa, who asked, "Is there ever a situation where Nate is redeemed? I'd have to imagine at some point Rupert will screw him over, but I'm not sure the audience will want Richmond to welcome him back with open arms." We were kind of asking ourselves this exact same question at the end of season one about Jamie. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, this was the Jamie question. I don't think, you know, going with the the path of like true self-realization, I don't think Nate getting rejected makes him better at all or may, Nate feeling like he's rejected. I don't think it's going to take Rupert treating him like shit. I think it's going to be Nate realizing that ted was genuine all along that he genuinely cared about him we even saw in the trailer with little Oof. clips of like him and his son showing up and like of course we can already see nate's gonna spin that as he's trying to get in my head similar to roy in season one like just quit with your mind games but yeah i on this podcast when we did our finale with spencer what did i say jamie is not redeemable <laughs> like, there's no way in a million years you will make me like jamie and Spencer was like, come on, actually, I think you will. And what, like three episodes? episodes? Yeah, <laughs> it was like, I love Jamie. She's a sex of I would die for Jamie I know. Tart. <laughs> yeah. So Caroline, I ask you this. Obviously, the, the relationship between Ted and Nate right now is fraught. Ted, like they're both, Nate is hurting Nate, but Nate has also just been a bastard at the, at the end of, <laughs> at the end of S10. But like Ted, Ted is hurting not just because Nate, you know, ripped up a sign and did stuff, but like Ted is hurting because Nate is hurting because that's the kind of person he is. Right. And that relationship will definitely be addressed. But there is a relationship that we have had the undercurrent of, especially last season, of Nate has a has a bad relationship with his father. Yeah. I am curious, will they tie that in? And because that's something that Nate and Ted can get on the same page, but Nate has something more, even more internal and more foundational to how he is as a person and his deepest insecurities. Like Nate is simply put like Nate was not hugged. Nate was not never told good job. Nate was never told I'm proud of you. I mean, we, we get the insight. It's, it's told as a joke, 
But Nate says the thing about his dad sitting down him and his girlfriend. It's like primary school girlfriend. You both can do better. Yeah. And she listened. Yeah. I think um, the resolution there, the only way I see a resolution for Nate and his father is Ted showing Nate that he doesn't need his father's approval to be great, to be powerful to be smart like and as difficult as it is to hear like i think that's where you have to see the growth from nate because so much of his angst and it's the man the show does it so so well when you go from season one episode one to season two episode 12 whatever and you have these this 22 episode arc of he was i don't want to say he was happy being ignored but he was living that way. He was, I don't want to even say thriving that way, but he was, that was all he knew. And so that was how he was treated at home. And that was how he was treated at work. When it's changed at work, that's when things got so complicated because he was given some of this, you know, attention and praise and uh, a little bit of power. When you see, as soon as he gets a little bit of power, that side comes out right away. It's when he thought he was fired, what he says to Rebecca right away is like his immediate responses to stuff are like, um, when he called, what was he when they were practicing with the name, with the name for the restaurant? And he's like, oh, you shrill. What like, you know, immediately goes from zero to a hundred. And that's where the, you got to figure out, that's where Nate showed these sides that were just terrifying and like not good mm-hmm. because it's all based in this insecurity and self-doubt and thinking that everyone liked Roy more than more than him and thought Roy was smarter than him and that you know having the power taken away of him running the clubhouse like he could not handle just training Will and having Will be good at it um he had to like demean and belittle Will because he wasn't doing it the same way that that he did it so I think long way of saying like I don't think that the the key for Nate is not I just don't think his dad's going to all of a sudden be like, you're right. I've got to be a good dad. Like, I think you have to learn to be happy with what you're, who you're surrounding yourself with and, and who you have. And until he can do that, it's not going to work for Nate, but I think that's what they'll accomplish in the third season. Hopefully that wasn't as concise as Alex's yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm really look concise is not a thing I hear often <laughs> about anything. I just, I keep thinking of uh, the perks of a, of being a wallflower quote sorry i can't see i can't talk I can't <laughs> it was paul, paul rudd your favorite when he said i love him um he says we accept the love we think we can we deserve yeah and the kid is like can we make them know that they deserve more and he's like we can try yeah but at the end of the day like you will accept what you think you're worth and at some point like nate who obviously like that doesn't mean everybody puts their worth in healthy places like you can be a really like you can be really down on yourself and then suddenly if Twitter gives you that ping, you know, then all your worth is there and then you suddenly do feel really confident. But again, like it's not coming from a healthy place, it's not coming from yourself. And you're still like seeking outward validation for what you should find inside. So. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll add on is I would be shocked if this show ends without Nate redeemed. Would be absolutely shocked. There's no way. <laughs> There's, There's no, no way. way. It doesn't end without yeah. that. We know that. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Or he like turns into like Darth Vader or something. Um, okay. Saga. This is this is another Nate related question from Kevin Inkleman. Who beats up Nate, Roy or Beard? I will say that I don't think anyone will beat up Nate, but will someone 
will someone get aggressive with Nate? And Nate was never really called out on anything besides when Roy said, or when Beard saw him say, I saw you be rude to Colin, made him, you know, made him apologize or made him make it right. But there was no, that was one thing going to Trent Krim and, 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 and damaging Ted because Beard is fiercely protective of Ted. And I, I think if anyone would say something, I think it would be Beard. I don't. I think Roy would yeah, kind of same. just like let things ride. I think it's Beard. Again, I don't. I I don't know, but I don't. I don't think it'll be anybody from Richmond getting aggressive. I think Rupert will be aggressive, and Nate will have had enough. I think there's going to be some moment where like Nate realizes this is what my dad has done to me, and making me feel like I'm not enough. I mean, I think we can all see the writing on the wall with the trailer and everything else. Nate is going to transfer those feelings of I have to be accepted to Rupert. And I think there will come a moment when he realizes like Rupert and my dad are kind of in this one thing. And Ted was not part of that. Like, I really think he's going to come to it on his own. I don't think, I think it's going to be something. Yeah, I agree. Cause I think it's going to be something where Rupert says something unbelievably shitty about yeah. Rebecca or about Ted in front of Nate or to Nate. And that's going to be the breaking point for Nate where he's yeah. then going to get the backbone and say like, you know, you're not half the man that Ted Lasso is like I quit type thing. Or he sees like something that he says, because I think, I think Nate has respect for Rebecca, right? Or maybe it might be more fear than anything else. <laughs> Cause they don't fear, have a ton yeah. of interaction. Um, but I think that is more along the line. I agree. I don't think anyone gets actually physical with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think like ultimately, and I've been wrong a million times before, so if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I think it will come down to Nate realizing his worth and not developing that in how he feels about other people, right or wrong. Like something is going to click with him to be like, I'm better than this. You're exactly you know? right. He has to find that in himself. It, I, yeah. the, this, it will not feel, or it will not feel authentic or not feel like it will last if it is someone telling Nate, like, you're worth it, you can be better than this, anything like that. It is. It has to be something where Nate grows into his own and and really sheds this this dark layer that it that has come. I have a question. Will his hair go back to being dark? Like, when, when, he, start, when he starts feeling better, like, does he end the show? With, does he end the show like a, like Dom Capers, like Dom Capers in the podium the other day? I don't know if anyone saw that picture. Oh, is that where it's like the helmet? Yeah, like the helmet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so good. Um, okay, so a couple like relationship related ones. Um, Pat, from Patty Houlihan. Am I wrong to want Ted and Rebecca to be together at the end of the episode? Oh. I really like <laughs> Ted and Sassy together. <laughs> but I also, every time I rewatch it, I, I ship ted and rebecca a little bit more mm-hmm. but ted and sassy i think are here for a good time not here for a long time they also do have kids on opposite continents also true uh mere details <laughs> <laughs> easy I just, I just don't want ted and rebecca together and i think hannah waddingham made a great point on one of those shows kelly clarkson or whatever one of the daytime shows <laughs> where she's like you know we're trying to get people to realize that love looks like a lot of things yeah and you know, it would be nice to have like a platonic relationship that truly thrives and has a deep affectionate love without it being sexual. I just can't imagine them together. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't see it. I could be wrong. I just can't see it happening. I don't see it either. And again, what we talked about, Ted is not planning on being uh, an absent 
father. Rebecca owns a football team in England. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you see. <laughs> yeah. And we'll we'll get into that that kind of thing in, in one of these other questions. Um a couple like Roy and Keely related, related ones. Patty Houlihan had another one. Do we think Roy takes over for Ted as head coach at the end of the series, but in doing so loses his ability to be in a relationship with Keeley? Mike Drees just straight up asked what will happen with Roy and Keeley. This one has uh, okay, so I w- we need to clarify Alex has seen season three, episode one. If you need to abstain because of things you've Alex seen, Alex can't answer this. I'm not going to abstain. I'm just going to listen. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, this one eats me up because I, I, I think they're I, perfect for each other. I know. And it's the, we saw so much across both seasons, even from the very first like interactions of Roy and Keeley, where it's like, the um for the children episode where she weaponized her jealousy to you know uh, bid on roy and what i've always loved about their relationship is how communicative and immediate their uh resolutions are that they are straightforward with each other where it's like you know that was shitty i shouldn't have done that and he says thank you and like it's like they communicate things um i have a horrible feeling that it's not gonna work I, I have a horrible feeling too. I, I do. Have you both seen La La Land? No. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> I've seen half well, of it. Well, let me just holster my La La Land reference. <laughs> I know that, that he's in it. Who's in it? <laughs> I I have seen half. It, I didn't stop watching because I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I think Roy and Keeley will start up. We'll make a musical together and that's, that's where we'll go. What I will say, and again, like... <laughs> you know i'm bringing up my personal shit my dad always told me love travels down a gravel road he just did and he said you know sometimes you're not gonna like each other for a really long time and sometimes you do break up and sometimes you gotta take a break and sometimes it's just not working it's not about the breaks and it's not about the stops it's about are the two of you strong enough and willing enough to say if it's worth it that we can come back together and make this into what it's supposed to be, whatever's yeah. tearing mm-hmm. us apart right now, can we repair that? Because I don't think anything's fundamentally wrong with them, but I do think it's possible for two people to be perfect for each other. And for there to be some issues where it's like, this just isn't practical, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the episode where they needed space, they were able to have an argument and then take time and then come together and communicate communicate and and make yeah, progress make a sweet playlist. yes exactly make progress <laughs> build some more foundation get on top of it that is that is crucially important crucially important yeah, in a relationship yeah. being able to argue and then come back together and so that basis is there i would be devastated if they ended up not together i would i, I don't like in terms of uh, pop culture couples they are so high in the power rankings for me. I, I want them yeah. to be together in real life. I don't know if they have partners or anything. I would love for them to be together in, in real life. Um, Okay. Uh, Mike Drees asks, what will Trent Krim's role be this season? He's writing a book featuring Ted, just being a friend and a fan. 
Alex, I did not listen to our season finale or season two season finale episode. I I recall you not being thrilled with with our guy Trent. <laughs> He's gonna start a blog. I was mad at him for burning a source, yes. even though we all hated Nate. I was trying to remember that too because I haven't gone back to listen to that. By the way, I bet that episode was a banger because season two episode twelve of the pod. Mike and Caroline both joined us, and it was an hour <laughs> and 41 minutes. <laughs> That's not surprising. No, I, what I think, and this is what I love about trailers in general when they're done really well, because if you like, I need to go back and break down the trailer, and I know that some sites have, and I need to look at that. What I love is they gave us just enough of Trent to show us he is on an investigative, like an investigative reporting yes. mission, and he's got like, I'm cold, I'm putting up the collar, I'm going somewhere on a lead. You know what I mean? So... I mean, I think what we said last year, and this might have been the show, and I just missed it and I haven't watched it in a while, was that we thought he was going to write a book about Ted or something. But the way they showed us kind of little sneaky, a little menacing in the trailer, like it would not surprise me if he uncovered something about West Ham. Like if he uncovered something about Rupert. Digging into the finances or- would love that. Little he's he has a blog spot called Trent Crim Independent. Just like <laughs> that's not a that move with the the collar like the jacket. That's not a guy who's like casually writing a book about wholesome Ted Lasso. That's a guy who's going to yeah. uncover some shit. Yeah, so he could redeem himself. This is this is where we start bringing in Keith Morrison. Yes, like yes. We we <laughs> also and and if if you're a patron still listening to this, I have been going back and forth on what categories from regular episodes that we have added do we move into Ted Lasso. So uh, you know if 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 there's anything that people are near and dear to, by all means, let us know. Um, Okay, Mike Drees again. Will Ted end up back in Kansas or will he figure out a way to have Henry there with him at some point? I know Ted would never ask Michelle to move out there, especially now that they're divorced. I think I made my position clear. I think my the thing I'm staking into the ground, I think Ted uh, goes back to Kansas. I think Ted goes back stateside. Like, no offense to the state of Kansas, but Blake. <laughs> <laughs> but if your options are like Wichita or London, like move to london man that's way cooler what about ted getting an mls job isn't there a team in kansas city or yeah but still what or I'm listen it, it, it's gotta it go just home. means more it kids just there. means more missouri missouri <laughs> job comes open <laughs> i just so think why well, no when i say like i mean that his they should move to london but whatever um, as someone who grew up in England for some I mean, years they, as a they child, should. highly recommend. They should. <laughs> as I was saying, like her, I'm assuming whatever, she should get a new job in London and they should do it that way because that would be way cooler. So we think Ted probably does super well. I would think primarily coaches get paid. Well, I think they're also like paying for his flat and he lives within walking distance of the of Nelson Road, like I think it's a pretty sweet setup, mm. um, but yeah, I say all this stuff like they should move to London because London's cool, but he's going to go back to the States. So some of these managers do, Premier League managers do very well. Yeah. They yeah. do. Wow. Yeah. He's got to go back. Good, his son good is for there. Them. Right. But I'm saying is his son should come there. Not him go his back. son has grown up in this. We can't ask the son to, the uh, dad hello. can move. Hi. I was like, London's very cool. 
Come on, Jack would love it. London's very cool. I'm not moving to London. Jack, Jack would join the Peaky Blinders. You'd never see him. I have, I'm just going to say, I have a very different perspective on it because we spent eight years living overseas when I was seven, starting when I was seven. So like from the time I was seven to when I was 15, I was living in Europe. So like, I'm like, hell, hell yeah. Move to England. What do you mean? It's great. Like, there's this really cool like uh, chain bakery. Excellent. Highly recommend. I'll give you all the deets. I, I have lived still- in Richmond, Virginia, Bernie, Texas, and Odessa, Texas. Your boy is sheltered. Like there is <laughs> <laughs> minimal travels here. I've only lived on, yeah, I've only lived on the eastern side of the country. <laughs> so like I haven't been in many places, but you know, like I remember last year, I don't know if if we came up with this or if it, if a reader did and we a reader, God, you can tell what industry I come from. You know, the people Someone who read out our the podcast. <laughs> you know what a mess that would oh, be. God. Someone um, puts this, someone puts this into like otter.ai and it like. All the Keith Morrison sounds. Being like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just like, it was a listener. Somebody presented the idea that like, what if Ted and his wife, got back together at the end and they were attending Roy and Keeley's wedding. I don't think the writers would do something that specific, but, but I also like, they have shown us that their marriage didn't necessarily end because there wasn't love there. It was, she, she was like, you're so positive all the time and I can't be myself. And you're always expecting too much of me. You know, I think the possibility is there, but I also think there's a very real possibility. And I hope they lean into this of them existing as co-parents where he can be around yeah. his son. I think she fell be... out of love with him. I, I think, think their relationship was I think so too. And that's yeah. okay. And that's look, fine. Have... Oh, that was not judgy. Sorry. That was not judgy. Boy. I think oh, no, that was, no, no, no. I yeah. know it wasn't. Yeah. I was just reiterating. That's all. <laughs> just one more thing. Yeah. Uh, Before you put me I in my grave, just one more Jacqueline thing. Jacqueline showed me today a, a very nice Instagram post from Gwyneth Paltrow wishing Chris Martin a happy birthday. It was like a little selfie of them and like everyone remembers the conscious uncoupling. And it's like, I would love that for Ted and Michelle. I think that'd be great. They're yes. not they're not still together. No, they No, they consciously, consciously uncoupled, uncoupled years ago. Yes. That's what they called it. But wow. they like what they still have it? kids together and, yeah yeah they were neighbors for they still spend holidays together and like gwen didn't live with her current partner for a while and like did i just call her gwen your good friend gwen <laughs> you know my good my friend friend gwen. that's what friends um, it's like when uh when when ant-man or when paul red's calling him cap she's like cap huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cap, but yeah, cap, they captain america i would like to see more of that because like of course they have their differences but Divorce can be such an ugly thing and, and custody and co-parenting can be such an ugly thing. Wouldn't it be a great thing if we could see like a beautiful side of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I would like that. I mean, that that's pretty much it for for questions. I don't know if you guys want to stake a claim in terms of a big S2 predict or S3 prediction. Nope. Alex is out of the prediction <sighs> business. I'm out. <laughs> I think the last, I think like the last scene, as much as I would like to see the beautiful co-parenting picture Alex just painted, I think the last scene is him getting off of a plane in the States and Henry running into his arms. I think that's it. Taking the Bama job after Nick Saban retires. Love it. Awesome. Wouldn't that be the coolest? Yeah. I mean, there's, it's like what? As some, some song I don't know yet is perfect for the moment, but it's definitely perfect for the moment plays over it. For sure. And then it goes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We're writing it. For yeah. You. I mean, it's because it's what I mean, I guess we've got Beard and Jane. I don't know if that's like a anything that someone is is living and dying with what happens to them. Richmond's back in the Premier League. 
do you know how does that go i think i think on the on the pitch is just going to be more like them and west ham i don't think richmond's going to be in danger of getting relegated be surprised if they're contending to win the league as well i think i kind of well i kind of hope that they go i kind of hope that they go like full not necessarily big green or mighty duck but i kind of hope they go full that style where like they lose to west ham early and then like rematch with them in the cup finals or whatever nonsense way that the premier league does shit i think Um, it has to happen that way and they beat them the second time um maybe with nate back on their side or something i don't know i don't i kind of wish he i kind of hope he beats them but i do think that there's a world in which or it's one of the oh this is actually probably better i don't necessarily need to go the full um team loses to the team that wears all black and then beats them in the finals they could have like really cool um parallel um crash like collision course seasons where it's like both are playing outstanding and are on this like inevitable course to clash in the championship final or something like that um which i think would also be very cool i mean i have a lot of confidence in them landing the plane soccer wise i feel good about that i feel like they, they have passion for the sport i think that's really important as someone who has been lately chronicling uh sports sports movies and and how they land the planes in their their final mm-hmm. games in a lot of the ways like i have a lot of faith in, in ted lasso to do that so with that being said i think that kind of serves as our episode draft season three preview episode i think we uh <laughs> think we crush it i feel really good about that feel happy i don't know what we'll do with the draft results Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for the draft results. Check the Twitters. Well, I shared it in a group text of ours, and Caroline and I were called losers, essentially. It was Mike won. Oh. And I was like, we didn't ask. Yeah. Well, and then, or then they said, like, or Alex. And so I'm really feeling left no, out. They here. Didn't. So the, re- the yeah. results have possibly already been determined. <laughs> well, I texted Adam and I said, y'all are being mean girls right now. Please stop. Because Adam said really came down to Alex versus Mike here. And I said, whatever. I like my episodes. <laughs> I like your episodes too. This was not like a mean girl situation. I'm, no, I'm actually very, everyone should be celebrating. We're here. all, Look, I'm not petty about a lot of shit, but I get really upset when like people try to just share, <laughs> share with people and they do not ask for your opinion. It's just like, <laughs> here's a fun thing I did. And when your immediate thing is that's not as good as what that person did. I mean, it makes me insane. Okay. It's, I, yeah, it's like the waffles and pancakes thing, like meme on Twitter where it's like someone can say, I like waffles. And someone's like, oh, so you hate pancakes? And yeah. You're like, that's not, that's a whole, that is a whole separate yeah. conversation. Separate Listen, conversation. why not both? Why not both? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I got my favorite episode. I'm happy, but. I did too. I did too. Then yeah. we all, we all win. Well, look at us. We all we, win. Look at us. Who would have thought? thought? Look at us. Uh, <laughs> Alex, where can the people follow you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Alex McDaniel. You can also read all the content at ftw.usatoday.com. Caroline? You can also find my content there. Uh, and Well, not <laughs> not on her Twitter necessarily, but you can follow you me might. on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, you might. Um, at CW Darnie um, on Twitter. You can also um, find Caroline's stuff on Glenn Powell's Instagram story. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That he likes to that share it from time to yeah. time. You can find and, uh, Caroline I'm sure, in the I'm sure we'll get... <laughs> I'm sure we'll get best friend Tessa Thompson on the podcast any day now. Looking, looking forward day. to that. Uh, or I'll just do a play date with the dogs. It'll even be great. Coltrane even and better, Maverick honestly, BFFs. Even better. 
Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate and leave a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series with Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. The next episode of that is with I don't know who because I haven't recorded it yet. And for Big Screen Sports, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening.